It is Friday, May 26th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan, happy 23rd birthday to Dan Allen Rourke. Thank you for everything you do. He was one of the stars of Blitzball Battle 3 yesterday, Ploofy, wasn't he? He's always a star. I had to, you know, it was a little boost of confidence for him there mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, I saw it in his eyes that day that he could he could finish it off for us. So happy birthday, Dan. He said before the show, I'm an adult now. Turns out your brain isn't fully developed yet, so you're not an adult. <laughs> That's his just is, science, is bro. truly not developed. Even by the time That's he gets science. to 25 when they say it's uh, fully <laughs> developed, I'm not so sure. Dan might be a lap behind, but we'll have to see. Happy birthday, buddy. We love you. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by MLB Nine Innings, which has a wide variety of game modes from league modes where users play through an entire season to live play by play. They have over 2,000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster. In fact, they are the most up to date rosters, team lobo- logos, ballparks, and unis. And they are introducing new historic Hall of Famers to the MLB Nine Innings roster like Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Michael Jack Schmidt. Trevor Hoffman and more. So download and play MLB nine innings 23 today with the link in the description and coming up in just about 20 minutes, we will unveil our MLB nine innings question of the week. It is a good one. Certainly enjoyed it. We'll give you our answer and the question in a bit, but let's start with this question. Dodgers and Rays meeting in Tampa tonight. So that's the best team in baseball against a team with, I believe the third best record, certainly the second best in the national league. It's a rematch of the 2020 world series. Now, because of the payroll disparity, is there a way that the Rays have built their organization even more impressively than the way the Dodgers have? I told you, this is a very odd question for me because I want to say that, no, that I'm more impressed with the Dodgers, the success they've had. I think 10 of the last 11 seasons, they won their division. The only year they didn't win it was when the Giants won 107 games and they won 106, so like... Chalk that up to also another good season. So we're talking about 11 for 11, essentially. Um, and the Rays, you know, they have had their some success. Then you start to think about, well, where did these front office guys come from? It's the Rays. <laughs> so I yeah. think my answer is yes. It's more impressive the way the Rays have built their system. I don't want to like applaud them for not spending money. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to applaud them for the way they identify talent. I'm here to applaud them for the way they take information and make it their own. And I'm here for the way that they develop that talent. So they've created some sort of culture there as well. It is their own unique thing. Teams do try to copy them and teams definitely try to take them, take from them. Um, So I guess to answer your question, yeah, it is more impressive to me that the way they operate than the way the Dodgers operate, even though this is like picking between, you know, I don't know, mint chocolate chip and vanilla bean ice cream for me. When I used to eat, those are my two favorite flavors. They're both good. Mm. Yeah, I'll pass on both of those flavors. I, I'm, okay. I'm a uh, ice cream connoisseur, and I, I like to go a little different. But that's fine. I understand, okay. and I'm not going to rip on your ice cream selection. So I get I get the comparison. Um, it, start with the simple stuff here: the payroll disparity, right? The Dodgers right around two thirty, uh, the Rays less than eighty million, I believe. So you look at that, and you're like, well, how do these two teams even 
compete on the same sort of field when you're talking about a $100 disparity in payroll? Well, it the answer is simple and complicated at the same time. The Tampa Bay Rays do a better job than any team in this sport looking at other teams' scrap heaps or talent that they want to acquire and saying, we can take this guy from level B to level A. I mean, look at their entire roster. It is littered with trade, 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 waiver claim, trade, trade, trade. That's how they have built this squad, and they do it better than anyone. Wouldn't you agree? The Dodgers do a good job with that too, though. So it's like that's where I'm at. Like they both do very, they both do it very well. They do, but I, the I, Dodgers haven't had to, in part because their ability to draft and develop, I think, is better than Tampa's. I think Tampa develops as well. They've been a pitching factory for years, and whether that's they draft them or they trade for them, like guys come over and get better when they go to Tampa. They do, they do. Um, I I think the Dodgers are the best organization in the sport because I think they do everything well, right? They spend top dollar. They will acquire guys via trade when they need to. They they draft and develop. They pick up guys like Max Muncy and Chris Taylor who were cast off by other organizations and turn them into all-stars and sign them to extension. Justin Turner, obviously, is a guy that comes to mind as well, even though he's no longer there. But I So I would say I would give the edge to the Dodgers – But certainly the way the Rays have done business, there's nobody better at it. Maybe Cleveland's close, but not this year. I mean, who do we give a lot of credit for their success with the Dodgers? Andrew Friedman, right? Yep. Tampa guy. From Tampa. Even, I think, Brandon Gomes, who's their GM, I believe he was a pitcher in Tampa. So they're just really just going and plucking those guys. I don't know. They're both great organizations. For me, I think that... Um, because of the fact that all organizations try to take from Tampa's front office, that means to me that they their system, the way they go about things, is more desirable than any other franchise. Uh, two other notes I just want to get in. Zach Eflin is the highest paid Ray this year at $11 million. Yeah, There are eight Dodgers that make more than that. And the other thing is, our guy Tyler Glass now is back this weekend. Yay! Yeah. He's going to be starting against his hometown team, Of course, the game is in Tampa. That'll happen on Sunday. And then uh, we will be taping a Rose rotation with him in the near, near future. Looking forward to that. Another great series. We've got one going on in the Charm City. The Baltimore Orioles, who just took two or three in the Bronx, they return home to take on AL West leading Texas. Which of these two teams do you trust more to stay in the race the entire season? I hate stop, questions like stop this. Stop doing Why this do to me. me I, well, I expect both. I expect both of them to stay in the race. I really do. Okay, good. But you know how I feel about starting pitching, and I think that the Rangers have the advantage in that realm right now. They're third in ERA, fourth in WHIP. Like they have that to go along with an elite offense. So to me, that's more of a surefire success plan than what the Orioles have right now. Now, the Orioles also, their offense is good. They can play defense. They run the bases. Their starting pitching has been enough to get to their good bullpen. But I think both you and I on this show have questioned, is that sustainable long-term? Now, if they continue to get like good enough starts and guys step up, Gibby had a great start against the Yankees. Uh, Wells has like 
led the league in whip this year. Like if that continues to happen, then they're going to be just fine. If there's a little bit of regression, then they're going to have to do something and, and, and figure out a way to get better with their starting pitching. So I think right now, the more sure thing to me would be the Texas Rangers. Although I do believe in the Orioles and what they're doing over there this year, I do believe that they have all the resources to go make uh, or to get a starter if they need, if they need to. Um, but the Rangers already have that. And especially if they get DeGrom back too, and he looks good and is able to stay on the field, then I think it's a no brainer. Right. So that's the X factor is, is Jacob DeGrom and his health. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to lean toward the Orioles okay. for whatever reason. And I can't stand their ownership, but I think that Mike Elias is going to pull off a trade. I think it's finally going to happen. And when that happens, I think everything else is in place for Baltimore to possibly make a run to the World Series. That bullpen, you know, with Cano and Batista at the end of it, that is as good an 8-9 inning combo as you've got in the sport right now and as dependable. Um, so I love that aspect of it. There's a huge disparity between these two teams when it comes to the bullpen. Enormous. Sure. And, I mean, Baltimore's got, I think, the second-best bullpen ERA second most strikeouts texas is like bottom five in some categories so even though texas has the ability because their farm system i think is decent enough to trade some pieces if they want to rework their bullpen which they're going to have to do if they want to be a serious contender and i believe that they do but i think the bullpen is the thing that particularly down there in the texas heat i know they play in a dome but guys have told me even just living in the heat you get worn down just overall i've heard it from guys yeah, I mean, that's one of the only places that you have to... Well, I mean, I played in the old stadium. You used to have to get an IV after games. Uh, but what you said about Baltimore's relievers, you can say the same thing about Texas starters. And I believe, in my opinion, it's mm -hmm. easier to add relieving depth than it is to add starters depth. So that's where I side with the Rangers in this whole right. thing. I, I get it. But once again, maybe one starting pitcher is the difference, whereas you might need three relievers to come in, fortify that bullpen, and do a really, really good job, which doesn't always happen. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, fun series, though, man. Really, really fun series coming yeah. up. I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of fun, you know about Bowman baseball? It's yes. got history that dates back to 1948, when the first Bowman baseball card set was released following the end of World War II. So it has become favored among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card of the next superstar. That means Bowen Baseball is an inclusive product designed for every type of collector, from veterans like Plouffe to beginners like myself. They offer top-rated prospects, rookies, and veterans. Bowman Baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everybody involved in the hobby. And here's the really cool part. Each year, there's a new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Fame players, and this year, top prospects with their first Bowman cards in 2023 include a damn good list. Drew Jones, that's Andrew's kid, number two overall pick by the Diamondbacks a year ago. Jacob Berry, who's shooting up the Marlins organization. Justin Crawford, who is Carl's kid, a first-round pick of the Phillies. Spencer Jones, left-handed power dude. Am I allowed to say it, Plouffe? Sure, go for it. The left-handed Aaron Judge in the Yankees organization. And there's much more. Find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball. It is available at your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops.com. Okay. The two 
uh, Central Division champs from a year ago will square off this weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. We Neither of them are off to good starts. We have talked about the struggles and sometimes the strife involving the St. Louis Cardinals a bunch of times, so we're going to put them on the back burner. I want to focus on the team whose hat I am wearing, my Cleveland Guardians. How worried are you about the Guardians moving forward? Or are you saying, like we've said about the Cardinals, Oh, they'll be okay. I can still see them winning the division. I mean, look, that's the saving grace is they're playing in the AL Central right now. The Twins are having their problems. They're offensively challenged, to say the least. They're dealing with some injuries. The White Sox have been just a, a disaster over the last couple of years, although they're they're getting it going. They just took two or three from your Guardians. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm worried about them, C-Rose. I feel like you used to tell me you watched the Marlins – every day and they just couldn't score enough runs to win games. That's what's going on with your guardian. So I'm sorry that you're continuing to have to watch that. I mean, they just cannot hit one guy and it's the guy you'd expect. Jose Ramirez has an OPS plus over a hundred, one guy in the lineup that ain't going to get it done. We've come to a time now in baseball with the DH universal DH right. that it really feels like you have to have like a lineup, like six deep at least. And then the guys at the bottom of the order need to, you know, turn it over, do what they need to do, move guys over, you know, have quality at bats, whatever it is. But this team is full of outs right now. And there's nothing the pitching staff can do about that. They can't score runs. I think their starting has been okay. The starting pitching has been fine. The bullpen has been great. They have guys that can get the job done, but you, you're not allowing those late inning high leverage relievers to do their job when you don't hand them a lead. And they can't hand them leads right now because they're 30th in runs, 30th in homers, 30th in OPS. They're the worst offense in baseball. So you're asking me how worried I am about them? Like, yeah, I'm worried. Like, they need to figure it out, whether that is a seance with the bats, a players-only meeting like the Blue ah. Jays just had. I don't know, C-Rose. Something has to give. This was the scrappy team that, you know, they got on base. They ran the bases. They they didn't swing and miss. They had quality at bats all last year. That was their calling card. Just has not been there this year. So whether, the, like I said, like – it can turn around for this team. Like they have the pieces to do it, but they just have to have some sort of spark offensively. And I don't know what gets that done. I don't either. And it's why I have said several times that this is the summer they trade Shane Bieber. I really believe it because the strength of this organization, it has been, and it will be moving forward is drafting and developing young starting pitching. Right, They got three guys from their class of 2016, I believe it was. Bieber, Savali, and Plesak, who were in their rotation. Now, Savali's fallen off because of health. Plesak is not in with the big league club anymore because he hasn't been as effective. But they've got a bunch of guys they've brought up. Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, Gavin Williams is right on the cusp of making the big league team as he continues to dominate down in the minors. So when you have a position of strength, you can deal from there. And Shane Bieber, with a year and a half left of control, is going to get you a really nice package. If they make that trade, they've got to get some bombers in there. They they have 30 home runs. 30. That is 67 fewer than the Tampa Bay Rays have. Did you hear that? They have 67 fewer home runs than the Tampa Bay Rays. That's a disgusting number. Now, do I think they're still in it? Yeah, but it just doesn't feel right. Like, as a Cleveland fan, last year was awesome. They went on a great run in September to push away from the Twins, win the division, 
And then they were up 2-1 on the Yankees in the divisional round. But you felt like they could compete. If this team as is got to October right now, how the hell are they going to go on any sort of run with the with the lineup they've got? Is there a guy that that had you know gives pitchers fear right now other than Jose Ramirez when you look at that lineup, Lou? No, not right now. No, like not at all. Josh, yeah, Josh Naylor can click you a little bit, but he's terrible against lefties. Josh Bell looks like he's got the Dan Rourke blitz ball swing at times. Jimenez, I think he's got nine RBIs. He's been their starting yes. second. He's got nine RBIs. You know, I love this team. I love it, but man, it has been such a tough watch this year. I get deal from a position of strength, but if you want to like compete this year, trading Shane Bieber is not the the way to go about it. No, so if you yeah, think they're you out of it out. and they're not gonna they're not gonna compete, then yeah, sure, do your thing. But, but don't you think they could get a huge package for him? Yeah, but I think you'd be punting on this season. I don't they're not think gonna, so they're necessarily. Not, because they're, they're not going to want major league bats. They're not going to they're not going to trade Shane Bieber to get like a major league proven bat. They just won't. They were going to want prospects. That's what teams trade for. That's what teams are usually willing to give up. So I don't think they'll it'll help them offensively this year if they trade Shane Bieber. So really, if you trade him, you're punting on the season. Dude. There, there's um, part of the other problem is that Ahmed Rosario, who's been a really good dude and has been a decent player since he came over in the Lindor trade, his WRC plus is 65. I think he's got yeah. minus eight defensive runs saved at shortstop. They have a bunch of shortstops in their organization that they should be playing there. Whether it's Gabriel Arias, Brian Rocchio, Tyler Freeman, but because they're paying him seven plus million, they're going to keep doing him, run him out there. I, I don't get it. Right. Hey, maybe, maybe yeah. the Cardinals, they're looking for starting pitching. They're yeah, a team that can they they're bat. a team that can give you a major league ready bat right now. But I don't think it's going to be enough outfield? for the Guardians to contend. I don't think so either. I don't think well, but it'd be better. Yeah. It'd be there, better. So there's if there's take... one trade option I could see. They've been looking for outfield hitters for, <laughs> for how long? Like I know. A decade. Yeah. I mean, really, for even in their 2016 World Series season, they were platooning guys left and right yeah. in that outfield. So, all right, that's tough. By the way, the Guardians have played 21 games in the month of May. They have scored two or fewer runs in 10 of those games. I I got to stop, or I I got to move on, or I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna puke. I've had enough. All right. Are you more interested to see if the Padres can carry the momentum of Ruggie Odor's ninth inning go-ahead homer in Washington into the Bronx this weekend, or if the Jays can shake off a disastrous month of May, which included a closed-door meeting after losing three of four in Tampa yesterday and a rebound up in Minnesota, eh? Uh, prior to that Ruggie Odor homer, the Brett Sullivan laying out to tag Alex Call was awesome. I gave him an award on Talking Baseball. It was actually a Tolkien Baseball award, so check that out. thought that was an incredible play. To answer your question, I'm more interested in the Jays and okay. seeing if they can shake it off in Minnesota. You know, I, you know I'm a Twins guy. I don't want them to go That's in there smart. and just tear it up. I mean, the Twins are, are you know, struggling offensively themselves and, um, you know, have their own problems. But the Jays to me are such an enigma. I don't know why they had an eight and fifteen month. I don't get it. Like they can hit, they can play defense, they have starting pitching. 
I know Alec Manoa hasn't given them everything they wanted, but Bassett's been good. Um, Gossman's been good. Even Barrios has had some really good starts here. Now he's picking it up. I, I don't get why they're bad. So I'm waiting for this turnaround to happen. I think they're what one or two games over 500 now. It's, it's going to happen at some point. Like this is a team that I like, they're not the white Sox. Like they're going to go on a run of epic proportions at some time this year. I don't know if it's going to be against Minnesota and they're good starting pitching, but I'm interested to see if they can go down there and like the, the like the Blue Jays, like if they want to be yeah. who they want to be, like need to go beat the Twins. Especially with the way the Twins offense is playing right now. I don't care. Like the Twins are they're pitching. We know that. But like the Jays, if they are who they think they are, need to go take this series. And it's gonna happen sooner or later with these teams. I I, I fully believe. I know you picked them to win the World Series or at least be in the World Series. Be in the World Series. I'm just curious as to why i don't really get it as to why they're not winning games well we talk a, a little bit about that coming up uh on monday's edition of the rose rotation chris bassett joined us on wednesday morning so not everything like the closed door meeting hadn't happened all that sort of stuff but we did delve in a little bit to the disappointing season that they've had um and, and that's a good one uh they are here's the good news for the jays they're not playing the American League East this weekend. Yeah, they're they six, and six and sixteen, right? Yeah, six and fifteen, which means they're twenty and ten against non AL East opponents. So we'll see. Maybe that can get them a series win up there in Minnesota, which, as you talked about, is all banged up in their um, in their lineup. For me, though, it's the other one. The Padres were this close to losing their sixth straight series, which is rough. But now they got to go into New York. They've got some good pitching going for them, which should be interesting. For me, the side story is Juan Soto. You you know that whenever a guy is close-ish to free agency and he heads to the Bronx and there's a vacancy like left field, for example, the New York scribes are going to write it some sort of column about Juan Soto. Like, how would he look in pinstripes? Well, by the way, He's only played four games there. He's hit three bombs. And he's coming off an amazing series against his old team, the Washington Nationals. Yesterday, reached base five times, reached base 11 times in the series. He is a guy that loves to put on a show. And after a, a terrible first month, has really finally gotten it going. So for me, it's not only watching the Padres. It's watching how Juan Soto deals with this whole thing. Because if he, if he does go deep, let's say tonight, that is going to be the big new, And the Padres win a game. That's going to be the big news. Are the Yankees looking at their next left fielder in 2025? It always, it happened when Harper was playing in Washington. Every time he would come to New York, which wasn't that often, they would write about it. Always. I don't care about that. <laughs> Do you think the Yankees are really going to pursue him? Or they, I mean, it's just, I guess, Otani, if they miss out on him. Which yeah, I if they I miss don't. out on Otani. Yeah, if they know. miss out on Otani, yeah, I I would expect them to. I would. Yeah, the Padres have to figure things out as well, man. Like they're just not looking good. And yeah, and you then, can ride. Like you said, they almost lost a series against the Nationals, which would have been really bad. You just you got to yep. beat those teams. Uh, but they haven't looked like a great team, I guess. So and maybe you say they don't have to win a series against the nationals. They're not playing that well to, to warrant that. Like the Mariners going in 
and sweeping the A's uh, on a four-game set. Mariners are playing better than the Padres, so you'd expect that. But the Padres, yeah, they, there's there's a lot of areas that they need to to figure it out. Uh, and maybe that guy, Rugi or Dor, will will do it for them, provide the spark. Yeah. He's been good over the last two weeks and really good. He can provide a little punch. Oh, thank you. But by, by the way, my World Series um, picks are looking amazing. That Toronto San Diego World Series is just what a loser I am. All right, time right now for our MLB nine innings question of the week. We appreciate everybody who sent them in via our social media. Unfortunately, we can only have one winner, and that will be Hunter Barron, who gave us a – I think it's kind of a good little uh, question. Which pitcher – which – I can't even say it. Which mm-hmm. pitcher do you wish had a longer prime? His pick was Tim Lincecum, which I thought was was pretty good. Won a couple of Cy Youngs early and – couple of rings early and then we kind of lost him jolly did an amazing amazing uh piece on him so go check that out at jam baseball but who do you say i'm gonna stay with uh my team the minnesota twins i'm gonna say francisco liriano now Mm -hmm. he came on to the scene in 2006 and was just unbelievable and if you talk to any twins from that era uh that's they say if he would have stayed healthy that year that they really felt like they could have won everything they end up losing it's getting swept by the a's in the division series there and it was like santana and um liriano just like back to back they were the most feared one-two punch in all the baseball liriano ended up having some sort of like ligaments pain i don't think there was any structural damage but he didn't pitch the rest of the year after september and then he kind of like you know was okay for a few years. He ended up getting a Cy Young 11 in 2010, had some decent years in other spots. But when he was right, he was just absolutely filthy. People said he was better than Johan Santana that year, guys on that team. So um, he ended up carving out himself a nice career, 14 years in the show, kind of bouncing around. Um, how many different teams do you play for? A lot of different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a great guy, and if he continued that prime, we're talking about another Johan Santana. Okay, for me, first of all, obviously this one's going to be a little sad, but Jose Fernandez is the obvious answer, right? Okay. Because of yeah. his passing. But that is a separate category, right? Um, we lost him way, way, way too soon. As far as just talent goes, and this is going to be kind of interesting, but I'm going to say okay. Dwight Gooden, Okay. So Dwight Gooden, for people that weren't familiar with his run with the Mets, and people will look at his his baseball reference page and say, hold on, Rose, the guy played 17 seasons. What, what are you talking about? When he started out, he was unlike anything I had ever seen. Okay, he came up at age 19, finished runner-up in the Cy Young, won Rookie of the Year. The next year, he wins Cy Young. He had four top five Cy Young finishes in his first seven seasons. Okay. That was by age 25. So by 25, he had four top five Cy Young, including a win and a runner-up. And we were like, this is it. Well, Dwight Gooden off the field took over, and it was a mess. You're talking about not being around, off-field issues, and one of the great careers we thought it was going to be thrown away. Now, he did eventually bounce back. He threw a no-hitter with the New York Yankees, you know, got to celebrate 
all that sort of stuff. So the the story continued, but we never got to see the guy that was Doc for those first, really it was those first five or six years where he just wowed us. Every night he was out and every time he pitched in New York, it was just something special. I, I don't even have anybody to equate him to in, in baseball today. He was that electrifying. I watched a documentary, on him, a documentary on him. Obviously, I know the name. I was very young when he was going through his prime. I, was, I wasn't even born the first couple of years. Uh, but right. I like that one. Off the field issues are tough. He won two World Series, one with the Mets, one with the Yankees. Is that right? How many guys have yeah, done I that? Yeah, I think he was on the Yankees-Mets. That's not Straw too many, right? Right. In Strawberry. He was also on the 86 Mets? Yeah. yeah and then it was the on right – okay. And they won in 96, right, the Yankees? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, – Interesting. God, he was so good. Go watch – if you haven't seen highlights of him, go spin him up, people. I'm telling you, it just was – he was a different dude. And at 19 to be coming up here and just making guys look silly, it was awesome. Awesome. Heater, curveball, freaking unreal. All right, um, let's see here. A few things. We got a new series, Baby Ball Players, that has just dropped. The first one is of the Minnesota Twins. It's where I go out and bring a p- bunch of guys and show them on an iPad photos of uh, their teammates when they were younger. And it's a fun little thing. doesn't take long. I think it's 12 minutes. It's on our JM Baseball page. We'll be doing it with a bunch of teams. Uh, we've already done the Red Sox. Uh, we're starting with the Angels. Dodgers, we're completing. And then we'll continue on and uh, keep doing that stuff. So make sure you give it a uh, give it a look and let us know how you want it to improve. That's what I'm tweeting it right now, right in front of your face. Oh my God, you're the best. You're the best. Once again, a happy birthday to our one of a kind producer Dan Rourke, and for the uber talented Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Memorial Day. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. Thanks for tuning in to Baseball Today.